It's your boy, JC Bones. And I am the Smark Slayer, Doc Haas. Hey, and it's me, the third man, Johnny Smarks. And we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast, and you can catch us every Saturday on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. And if you enjoy the Fourth Wall experience, come join the fam by going to patreon.com slash Fourth Wall WrestleCast, where you can receive early access to our shows for as low as $1 a month. $3 a month gets you more exclusive content for your weekly kayfabe consumption. $5 and $10 gets you all of that and so much more. So come be a part of the biggest draw for the critics. The Marks! A casual. And the hardcore. <laughs> Do I have everybody's attention now? Ladies and gentlemen. Introducing first, from parts unknown, our resident Mark, Johnny Smart. Well, let me tell you something, brother. Next, coming down the aisle, the unstoppable force, the immovable object, Doc Haas. Haas. I can't help that I'm custom made. I can't help it that I look good, smell good, can't dance all night long. And here is your host, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. You know what? You just made the list. Elizabeth, go right, not going left. Can I ask a question, Macho Man? Four questions. questions. You're listening to the fourth wall wrestlecast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. Wall. And what up, fam? Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. And I am accompanied today by my good brother, the good doctor. Introducing Doc Haas. What up, baby? What up, Doc? Yo, it's been a while, man. Where you been? Um, some adulting things. Adulting, man, that's taking over all of our lives. Yeah, yeah, like some some legit adulting things. I've had a lot of, uh, I just had to focus a lot of time on a certain uh, element of my life and uh, professional element of my life, you know, work in general. And unfortunately, that's had to take away from uh, my ability to cast for a bit. I anticipated it happening right after WrestleMania, so... It was nice that I was able to do it like right after WrestleMania or right after the shakeup pretty much. And then we uh so I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to talk about some some wrestling. I've been it's funny because I, I it's funny, I, I was reading today like ratings for Raw or like in an all like an all time non holiday low, but yeah. it was really crazy because I've kind of been enjoying like what I've kind of what I've been watching for the most part. Mm-hmm. 
you know um especially like the fresh stuff like these are the returning wrestlers or the new faces right. um maybe ratings are low because there are a lot of new faces and it's just you know they have to build an audience again i feel like this it's normal for ratings to be low at a big restart like this but like you know i've been really i'm really really interested in like bray wyatt yeah the whole firefly funhouse thing there's a lot of new, interesting, and fresh stuff happening in wrestling. And, you know, when it comes to the ratings, it's because who really gets a chance to sit and watch Raw and SmackDown live? Everyone has right, yeah. DVR. Everyone records and watches it later. Like, oh, now Hulu. with my new job, yeah. I can never watch this shit live, ever. So I have right. to record it Welcome to my now. life. Yeah. Welcome to my life. Dude, I can watch Raw live, but I don't have cable. And I, I tried to watch Raw live once, and it was awful because I watch Hulu Raw. Right. And man, like live Raw, that was that was tough. I hear it you. It was man. rough. I hear you. Like I fucking, I was talking to uh, I think Willie T, Kings of the Rings at the yeah. at the uh, tailgate. We were both saying, yeah, we had to watch. We both watched Hulu Raw. We were both saying, man, I had to watch Raw live once, and it was fucking brutal, <laughs> yeah. brutal, man. To actually sit there <laughs> for the full three hours. And now what's going to happen when SmackDown here, goes to Fox that. and that that goes to three hours. That's going to be another, that's going to be six oh. hours right there of wrestling now to catch up on every week. And But only one and a half hours of Hulu. That's not well, bad. That's what every show should one be. One and a half each. Yeah, for yeah. each one, right. I mean, even if it was two hours, fine. You know, we, we could bitch about three hour roll all day. Right. I mean, <laughs> we've been bitching about it for how long? There. <laughs> so, what is it? Wouldn't it go back to three hours, like in like the late two thousands? Uh, yeah, that was around. Yeah, I think somewhere. that was around the ruthless aggression era. Uh, I think not actually the attitude it was era. The end of it. It was the end of the attitude. No, era. so I think it, I think it started in the attitude era because they did it because Nitro started. Nitro was three hours. And first. Nitro did the three hours, right? And then and then WW. I think Raw only went. Raw might have only went three hours after Nitro. After, after Nitro. they bought WCW. Yeah. yeah, I don't probably. know. I don't know if Raw ever went three hours during the Attitude Era. Yeah. It was so long ago. I I can't remember specifics like that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's been so much wrestling since then that it all kind of blends into each other now at this point. It's not that it blends in. It's just you don't remember little specifics like that. Yeah, where you're just, you know, I don't remember what, what. I I used to hop back and forth. It's, it's funny because when I go back and watch the old ones now, mm-hmm. and I watch them on the network. I used to hop back and forth between Raw and Nitro, and now I like I see stuff I've never seen before. Exactly. Even though I was like watching Raw that night, I was probably watching Nitro at that moment. At that say, exactly. I remember Nitro always had the extra hour because that's when the cruiserweights were on. So I always watched the first hour of Nitro straight through. Yes, it used awesome. to open up already, already, always with the cruiserweights. Give you something different. That's yeah. when they knew how to actually book the cruiserweights. Yeah, smart booking, <laughs> like the, yep. like straight up the undercard. Right. And by the end of the first hour, you have a cruiserweight, or you open with a cruiserweight title match, or at the end of the first hour, mm-hmm. have a cruiserweight title match, and it takes you right into your first NWO segment. Boom. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. fam, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome to episode 24 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. If you enjoy the show and want to show your support, there's a few ways how, so please be sure to give us a follow on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Fourth Wall Cast, that's the number four T H W A Double L C A S T. Please go to represent.com and search for Wrestle Addict Radio and buy your fresh 
fourth wall merch. And also, before I forget, when you're on Twitter, please give Wrestle Addict Radio a follow at Addict Wrestle. And last but not least, please join the fourth wall fam by going to Patreon.com/slash Fourth Wall Wrestlecast, where for as low as one dollar a month, you could receive early access to our weekly shows, and you could enter the exclusive Fourth Wall Patreon chat. Three dollars gets you more exclusive content, and we have a lot out there, and even more coming your way. And then five and ten dollars gets you all of that and so much more. So please come join the fam at Patreon.com/slash Fourth Wall Wrestlecast. So Doc, let's get right into today's show. I want to welcome you to the Firefly Funhouse. I ain't going to the fucking Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> that's that's a funhouse that I want to stay far away from. But ain't no fun there. <clears throat> Poor kids. All those kids that are watching his show live. Oh my goodness. You know, wh- he's going to so kill all them. One thing he's I want to kill all those fucking kids. <laughs> Every last one of them. I mean, he, he is a fucking audience. He is a sociopath now. So, does this mean he's just going to be like, like ruthless, like just do anything by all means necessary, not and not care for anybody's well-being, or is he calling his doll a sociopath? Is the doll Nikki Cross? Like, what is this? You know, at this point, I don't even want to think about if if there's going to be other wrestlers involved in this whole in this whole I, new gimmick, this whole reincarnation of Bray Wyatt. Because I actually have some theories behind this character. Uh, I was actually talking uh, last week on episode 23 when DFDC, Mr. Jeff Palmaccio from Not Your Mama Soap Opera, sat in your seat, Doc. Him and I went back and forth and talked a little bit, little bit about character development on this new reincarnation of Bray Wyatt. Notice I'm using the word reincarnation. Remember back when Bray Wyatt was still around, he was teamed up with Woken Matt Hardy. Remember when they had right. the ultimate deletion match? What happened yes, to Bray Wyatt? He went into the lake of reincarnation. So when he came out of that and joined forces with Matt Hardy, we already started seeing a new, uh, a new Bray Wyatt. So right. at this point, there's a lot of character development that could be involved here. Now, if WWE Creative does this right, they could really tell a story here and really ha- there could be some long-term storytelling and my storytelling actually might potentially lead us to money in the bank but i'll get into that later but doc we haven't spoken about this so what are your thoughts on this new bray wyatt i feel like you, you feel like you have to have other people if he's gonna be if he's doing an sociopath then he has to have other people because you know part of like what's what i you know when when I started watching this again today, I was like, you know what? I want to look up the official definition of sociopath. So I look it up, and I was like, okay, it's someone who's pretty much like does whatever they want to do without a care for anybody else. Yes, a that, person you know, with a personality disorder manifesting right. itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. Thank you. Right, Google. a lack of conscience right there. That's the key term, lack of conscience, Okay. He needs to have friends to have a lack of conscience against. You know, he's talking the dolls. The dolls are something. The dolls represent something. I think they represent people. Um, 
I really hope that the, the girl doll is Nikki Cross. I don't know what the other one could be. I think well, there's like a, isn't there a guy? What's the what's the other doll? They have names. Yeah, I can't the other one is the yet. buzzard, and then they introduced the, buzzard, yes. the squirrel. I think it's a squirrel this week. Yeah, it was a squirrel. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's theories that it might be Eric Young and Killian Dane, etc., etc. I mean, the, the list can go on. It could be Luke Harper. Right. Now that Luke Harper is not allowed to, uh, he wasn't, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? They, they didn't actually let him, help me out here, Doc. He asked for his release in WWE. Him. He's like, fuck no, you're sticking around and we're going to extend your, uh, your contract. Yeah, they're not letting him leave. Yeah, they're, they're not, not letting they're him not- leave. They weren't grant, him granting leave. him. Thank you. That's the damn word. Oh, they wouldn't grant him his release. So anyway, it could be Luke Harper. But actually, I want to talk about Luke Harper real quick in terms of Bray Wyatt. I think right now Bray Wyatt needs to be by himself because when he was in the Wyatt family, yeah, he was the leader of the group. But if you looked at him, Eric Rowan, and Luke Harper, Luke Harper was the shining star in terms of the natural talent in the ring. I mean, oh, that's yeah, Brody absolutely. Lee from the independent scene. Luke yeah, Harper, I mean, that, I mean, yeah, he was, he did, he probably no had the best singles run. I mean, yes, okay, Bray Wyatt did have a short stint as the champion, but. In terms of in-ring work and like in-ring ability. Right. Um, I don't know if he's, he's quite as good a storyteller no. as Bray Wyatt. I feel like Bray's. I feel like Bray's like matches, like his in-ring psychology, when with the right opponent, can be real impressive. Mm. All right, th- not a faction, but what if it was just Bray and Nikki? I feel like that could be a really a really good tandem. That yes, that could be. But if see, even before Nikki Cross uh, joined NXT, there was a lot of talks about either her or. Crazy Mary Dobson, who we now know as Sarah Logan, as one of them potentially coming and being Sister Abigail. So right now, Sister Abigail is not in the picture. But let's talk about that real quick before I go back to Luke Harper. Um, This week, Bray Wyatt's making a painting, right? And it's a painting of of a house burning down. So what does that make you think of when Randy Orton burned the Wyatt compound? There was a person in the window that looked like a female. What if that symbolized Sister Abigail? What if Sister Abigail does come back in some way as a character in this kind of storyline? Right. Yeah, it's it's it reminds me if you do it that way. It reminds me of the Undertaker Kane. Exactly. They brought Kane on the TV. Right. You know, I thought he was dead or whatever. You know, they all thought he was dead. Um, I think that's a cool way to go about this. I think everything about this Firefly on that funhouse has been cool. It's very intriguing. Really weird. Very. very, That's that's what comes to mind is the word intriguing. It's very interesting. It's very out there. It's crazy. But when, when have we seen anything like this? Last time we saw something like this and have it done right. Bray Wyatt right. is a master on the microphone. I say let this guy take this and run with it. But yeah. real quick, going back to my point about you know him and the Wyatt family and Luke Harper being the natural talent. Uh, yes, there's theories about other wrestlers, you know, joining forces with Bray, but I think Bray needs to be on his own for a while so he could finally sh- really show what he has. Now, we could we lo- look at him. He's in gr- the best shape of his career. Yeah, no, he does know? look great. He looks a great look right now, but I think to get the best out of him, I think you will get 
like if you has if he has like a female foil with him and just a female foil, I think you'll get a better Bray Wyatt than you would have just him by himself. And I don't think there's anything we're all just having like a, a man woman. It's not a faction. It's just a, a power couple, but a really twisted power couple. But now let me bring this. Let me let me let me let me pose this to you now. So Bray. I don't. Again, I still don't think Bray Wyatt needs to be with someone. I think it could be Bray right. Wyatt and his three little puppets. It could be the squirrel, the buzzard, and and the the creepy ass doll in the rocking chair. Now, hear me out. Let's think of Mick Foley. Mick Foley okay. wasn't in a tandem with anyone. Okay, yeah, the Rock and Sock connection. But prior to that, the three faces of Foley. Because at the same, yeah, he was he in a talk to himself. Jack and it was dude love. Yeah, this Jack dude love mankind, and he fucking walked around with a goddamn sock on his hand. Mister Sacco was his partner. That was that was his stable. It was the three faces of Foley and a yeah, fucking sock. Yeah, but you can't have you can't do that again. Sociopath. Then again, I mean the guy and the the guy and the girl thing has been done a million times too. So right, but I, uh, I'm just but thinking back to McFoley. McFoley did the whole thing at he portrayed the sociopath thing, and he didn't have to have anyone else uh, mixed into that storyline with him to 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 portray him as a sociopath. He did it all himself. What if we see new Bray Wyatt, old Bray Wyatt? What if we see Bray Wyatt and Husky Harris? That's a terrible idea. If anyone from creatives listening to this, do not bring Husky <laughs> Harris back. I'm just bringing out a point, though. You know, right? I, I really think that Bray Wyatt is strong enough, both in the ring and on the mic, to really start shining on his own. And the ball they dropped years ago when he fucking lost to John Cena, I think now they can finally start putting him back up on that pedestal where he belonged years ago. I agree. I think he could get there by himself or with Nikki Cross. I guess I would just prefer to see him bring Nikki Cross onto the main roster so she doesn't get lost in, you know, NXT call-up purgatory. Right. She's the only yeah. female superstar that is still not set to either brand. Her and Killian Dane. Doesn't that doesn't that reek of like character change then? Yes, but Nikki Cross is married to Killian Dane. If they're going to move Aleister Black to SmackDown to be with Zelina Vega because they want Andrade on SmackDown to feud with Balor, they have to keep the married couples together. So Killian Dane is still listed as a SmackDown superstar. We haven't seen Killian Dane since before oh. WrestleMania. So, so then you put Nikki and Nikki and Bray on SmackDown. Bray's not on a roster yet. Oh, you mean, you mean right? Killian? Yeah. Or well, oh, no, you said Killian's sorry, already on SmackDown. Right. Yeah. Bray. So Bray and Bray still, on SmackDown. He's still I mean, yeah, as well. That, I think that gimmick would go over better on SmackDown anyway. I think so. Uh, I said it even before the shakeup that I think if Bray, when he comes back, Bray should go back to SmackDown. I don't think that there's room for his character on Raw. And that leads me to my next point. When do you think we're going to see Bray actually on TV and not just in a video vignette? I could do another two weeks of this before I need to see him on TV. Now, think, think about this. His painting was the burning of the Wyatt compound, or maybe it portrayed the burning of the Wyatt compound. Who burned the Wyatt compound? Randy Orton. Who's in the Money in the Bank match? 
Randy Orton. So I see where you're going there. Yeah. You know, what if we use this as a good way to bring Bray Wyatt back? Bray Wyatt interferes in the Money in the Bank. He he goes back and feuds again with Randy Orton. I'm okay with seeing that. You know, I'm okay with so, seeing so that Randy, with new Bray so, Wyatt. So Bray Wyatt's taking his gimmick and coming back as a face. I think uh, I'm not going to say a face. Or they just I think bring he, him back and let the audience decide. And let the audience decide. I mean, I think at this <laughs> point Bray could be a tweener because right now nobody knows what to think. There are a I lot of mixed, really creepy. mixed reactions. He's going to kill a bunch of children. Usually, people that are going to kill a bunch of children are heels. <laughs> Excuse me. You're right. No, you're right. Uh, I think at this point, nah, yeah, you bring up a very good point. I know, I know. If you're going mean, to kill children, totally... you cannot be a baby face. Yeah, but I could totally see him showing up on TV and and the place being and, ecstatic about it. Yeah. Especially now yeah. everyone knows that um, he he tapped that JoJo ass and 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 popped the baby out. <laughs> you know that could be another storyline. Maybe man. maybe it was just excuse me for the ladies that are listening to the show, but I think that JoJo's pussy is just that fire that Bray Wyatt now got a haircut, lost weight, and became a new man. <laughs> just, just boom, saying this transformation I'm, I'm just saying sometimes a woman will do that to you woman, man. That, that's what I've been told a woman will do that to you yeah. sometimes so and maybe you just wanted to get better mm-hmm. and, and yeah, Jojo just, helped him get there Jojo helped him get there <laughs> but uh I mean I think this is some amazing character development again there's so many ways they can go with this I just hope creative doesn't drop the ball on this and you know, the higher-ups, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H, see the potential they have here, and they do this right. Right. Yeah, and, you know, WWE, I don't know, they had to make sure they get some of these new guys, like, cross-promoted. Like, remember when uh, we were talking about the the lead-ups to Mania and, uh, and Braun Strowman doing the whole Saturday Night Live thing with those mm-hmm. with those two clowns? Right. And I kept saying, like, oh, I hope he gets on Saturday Night Live at least so they could do some cross-promotion. They never did. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely mind-boggling. I don't know what WWE is doing there, but I need to, they need to find a way to take this Firefly Funhouse and put it, like, on late-night television or something. Because I, right? <laughs> I feel like it would be absolutely hilarious on one of those late-night shows. And if they want to, like, get the ratings up, that's the way to do it. I mean, I don't know. Is it, do you think they think about that shit anymore? I know they think about it with Fox and like the the sport and the NFL, but like, why aren't they thinking about it in other ways? With using their, why don't they use their NBC relationship ever? Right, I'm sure that people in creative do, but then Vince is like, nah, that makes no sense. They're not gonna like it. No, I mean, like the Firefly Funhouse can be a, a YouTube show, kind of like being the Elite. Yeah. You know, and it could be an adult. You, it could be an adult swim show. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you have the platform of the WWE Network. Use that. Make Firefly Funhouse an original sh- uh, original show on the network or something. God, they should make it an animated show. Oh, that'd right? be fucking awesome. It could be Would something very cool. that be the cool. coolest thing ever? You know and what's then, like, not you know, cool? What? Did you see those fucking Firefly Funhouse t-shirts that they made? No. Dude, it's just the Firefly Funhouse logo. Just in, in a rectangle on a T-shirt. It's like you went to a fucking mom and pop uh, silk screening place, and they just play us with the fucking logo on. It's terrible. You, we always talk about funny. how their um, shirts are like 
shitty. I mean, this um, is just. I have a, I have a funny, I have a funny feeling <coughs> that I'm going to like this shirt. You're not gonna <laughs> like it. I don't think you are. Are you, are you pulling oh, it up right now? Please. Yeah, I'm looking for the, it. The fam wants to know what do you think about it. Oh, I don't like the way that sounds. I told you you're not going to like it. No. What the fuck? Is that a rectangle? Like yep. in the middle of the fucking... They made that shit at Seaside, dude. They made that shit They went down to the fucking boardwalk. They went down to Seaside. They went down to Tony's shirt shop. And they said, hey, yo, Tony. Tony's shirt shop right next to Joey Tomatoes. So, guy, you print these shirts for me. I give you all the free, all the free WrestleMania tickets forever. All the tickets. <laughs> That's how it went down. Unbelievable. No, yeah, I would not buy that. Yeah. Sorry. Denied. Yeah. All right. Now, let's go on to the next topic. Something else that I'm not buying right now. I know people are going to give me some shit about this because it's just a name. But the, the fucking Viking Raiders. Okay. It's better than the Viking experience. Oh, yes. which, is, which is now the name of their finishing move. I don't know if you noticed that this week. Their finishing move Vince is the fucking Viking flag. experience. He had now. to get it in there. He had to get it in there. I Vince was like, no, I like that name. Huh. But I, I know it's only a name, but if, like the, the I'm still going to call them the War Raiders because I'm not used to Viking Raiders yet. The War Raiders were fine just the way they are. Now, listen, I understand. I understand uh, when you're on network television, they don't want the word war in there. But I think that's also horseshit when you could put on <laughs> shit like Law and Order SVU or fucking Criminal Minds or something else. And they're going to say deeper shit than the fucking word war. And that's yeah, on. Like, Go ahead, Doc. It's I mean, legit. Like people forget wrestling is scripted sometimes. Right. Like, it's like people forget that wrestling is a television show. Yet they want to tell us all the time wrestling is fake. So what the fuck's the problem? Yeah, is it is it is it scripted or are you going to give it shit for being scripted? Or are you just going to give the script shit? Why can't they just leave it the fuck just alone? Leave it like, alone. I, I guess I get like Vince feels pressure from his advertisers. Then he's got to do what he's got to do. That's where the money comes from. Right. Um, I don't hate Viking figures. So I mean, I'm cool with this. Right. I don't hate it. Again, I hated Viking experience. That was the stupidest fucking thing ever. Yeah. They got Raiders back in there. I just don't get what they knew this was going to be the case. Why did they just didn't call them the Viking Raiders right when they got the from NXT? The beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Now you know how hard like, it is. Like you said a few weeks ago. Now when you go search NXT's archives, right, and you don't know who the War Raiders are, you're not going to fucking find anything. Yeah. And, and it's just so weird how they're treating the Viking Raiders and the War Raiders as if they're two entirely different teams of two entirely different people. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's like Rowan and I. I don't know which one's which, but. Like it's like they don't Rowan. Listen to me. You mean Rowan. <laughs> Hanson and Ivar. That's what I meant. Or whatever. Yeah. Or Hanson and Rowan, Ivar and Eric, Eric whatever the and, fuck yeah. their names are. Okay. Um Dude, I I, I don't understand that. how you can like that's just silly. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Now I don't know exactly do, do, what do, happened. Do that many people not watch NXT? I I think that might be it, but um I think that's the case now, but I do think once things move to Fox, NXT is going to start getting some more mainstream eyes. But that's later on in the year. But that's besides the point. But I what 
going back to like what, what we were talking about and what you just mentioned again too is like the marketing thing. It's like how do you sell this team? You know what was kind of upsetting was the fucking lack of, of crowd reaction they got when they came out this week on Raw. It was Which makes me think that more people don't watch NXT than we right. like, think. I feel like and and I hate the I'm not no, I'm gonna call it. I feel like the southern markets are they don't respond to the NXT like call ups as well as like the northern markets, especially the cities. Like when WWE's in like Chicago mm-hmm. and like St. Louis and New York and Boston and Philly and Cleveland, Detroit, um I'll even throw Los Angeles in there, you know, right. because I'm being nice. Like everybody knows, like when the NXT guys. I feel like whenever the NXT guys comes up, comes up, and it's like, you know, Louisiana, Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi. Raw was in Kentucky this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, SmackDown was in Kentucky. Yeah, Raw was in Kentucky. SmackDown and yeah, Raw was in Kentucky. I got it right. Um, like I feel like those places. I, I don't know if those people not do. There are people on the network down there, and they just don't know because you have to have the network. Right. I'm sure there's plenty of wrestling fans who don't have the network. Well, you could well, also you know, watch, you watch NXT on Hulu. on Hulu. Yeah, I was gonna say you could also catch yeah, it on you could Hulu watch NXT too. On Hulu. But I mean, how maybe people don't have Hulu? You know, right. I just feel like there's. I've noticed there's. I've noticed when watching TV, there's certain markets that know NXT better than other markets. Right. I I just think the timing of of their call-up, their name change, their their second name change in the span of two weeks uh, was only because the first name change was so stupid. uh, Yeah, it was just but it was just bad timing, man. They they put on a clinic against Ricochet and Aleister Black the weekend before at Takeover, and then they show up on Raw as two completely different people. A completely different tag team. The commentators are calling them these are your NXT tag champs, but they don't have the belts with them on the show. They're they went from being baby faces to now they're uh, they're flat out heels. I don't I don't understand where they're going in terms. Again, let's go back to character development. What are they doing with this tag team? First of all, they fucking fought the Lucha goddamn house party this week. I don't even know why Lucha I- house party is even still a thing right now on Raw. I don't understand, like, why all these things we're talking about that they did wrong weren't thought about first by Vince and Triple H and Creative before they debuted the tag team. Right. Like, why wasn't this, like, why didn't somebody go to Vince McMahon and say, really, Viking experience? You think that's going to work? Really? Think about your audience. You're already going to piss off a chunk of your audience for change because you want to change the name and then to pick the stupidest name ever. So the fact nobody did that. And then, and then they didn't have a plan once they, if they didn't get the face reaction that, you know, maybe we expected them to get because right. how popular, I mean, they're the best tag team in WWE. There's no doubt about Hands it. Down. Let's just get that out of the way. Hands them, down. Best them tag and the team Usos are up there as the two top. I think those are definitely the two top. Tag I, teams. I, oh, that's going to be, that's going to be fun once that becomes a thing. Yes. Oh yes. man, that's got to happen sooner than later. You know, I, I feel like I, they're both on Raw for that reason. For some reason, though, I, I actually think they are molding the uh, Viking Raiders to be the next Raw Tag Team Champions because there's some because you know you got Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, you know, uh, 
they're cutting promo backstage promos about the Viking Raiders. So are we going to now see these two teams face and Viking Raiders come out victorious? Because there's no way in hell Kurt fucking Hawkins is going to pin either Hanson in a row. Because that's going no. to take any kind of... Um, Again, losing the word, losing the word. Any kind steam. of any kind of steam of steam it. that yeah, Viking yeah. Raiders have or had going into uh, joining the main roster, it, they're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be lost, and that's just it's quite obvious. Well, it's quite obvious they're the next tag team champions are the Viking experience. Um, you know, the Hawkins and Ryder are transition champions. Yeah, you know that from the beginning. We knew that well, one day one yeah. at uh, at WrestleMania. I do like though, uh, not to get off the topic though, talk about the tag division. I do like though that Revival and the Usos are feuding because that's actually a tag match a lot of us have wanted to see ever since the Revival came up to the main roster. Because if I remember correctly, wasn't that prior to the draft, or that was that after? Was that after the draft when the Revival came up? I don't remember. When when the revival came, came up to the main up. roster, I think that was after the draft. When the hell was the draft? I don't it's remember. Been so long ago, yeah. That's, anyway. too, that's too far back, dude. That's too far back that's and too, too many back. too detail written. <laughs> um, you know what's great is you can take like the revival and the USOs and this match could after the war the war Viking Raiders get their tag titles. You know, that could lead. You could have a triple threat match. You could have a really good triple threat match. Yeah. Uh, And the War Raiders could win. Mm -hmm. And then you could have a number one contenders match between the Revival and the Usos. Mm -hmm. And then that's another pay-per-view match you have for the tag titles. And Raw tag titles are back like that. And don't forget, AOP is still a thing. It's just that AOP is injured. And then once the War Raiders are done beating those teams... Here comes AOP. They're back. And that was the and first match AOP. everyone said War Raiders should have been in when they first joined NXT, but AOP came to the main roster at that point. Right. I want right. to see and those two we'll, teams against each other. And you know, it's pretty cool. Sometimes you get, like, the feud you really want to see on NXT first, mm-hmm. you know, and it's be nice that you're going to get, you know, AOP and, and War Raiders on main roster first. On main roster, right. Yeah. So, again. It's, right, I, it's like, you know, but sometimes feuds are already, like, you know, we talk about Gargano and Champa and how they're supposed to fight at, at uh, Takeover. Like I'm so happy their next match is probably going to be on the main roster. Yes, I'm like, happy they didn't so, fight. I, I did a blessing in disguise, man. Yeah, I'm happy they didn't have the fight. It sucks that they couldn't have the fight because Champa uh, was injured and he's going to be out for a while. But I'm glad that they're now going to hopefully hold that off until they're both on the main roster. Right, because a lot of these, you know, when you get like. You know, I, I give a lot of kudos to Becky and Charlotte for how strong they've kept their, like, on-screen relationship going. It's really hard to do. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, these guys, they feud in NXT for so long. By the time they get to the main roster, the feud that was so great in NXT might have run its course. And now it's like, okay, now what do I do with these people? Whereas, like, the feud everybody wants to see, AOP and War Raiders, that's going to get to happen, like you said, on the main roster. Mm-hmm. You're not going to—everybody's going to get to see that. It's yeah. not going to be like— Oh, do you or don't you watch NXT? You know, I hear you. They man. need to move NXT for TV, man. They really do. Yeah, they want to get like the most out of these. Like, if they want to get the most out of uh, these NXT call ups, I think they need. I think they need to get NXT on Fox too. They, they need to get more eyes on the product. TV. And you can keep it in the performance center. It's cool, but at least like there's more TV eyes on the product now. Yeah. And then 
you know, you'll have people watching on CD. They'll be seeing the audience reaction at the performance center, seeing the performance center get pumped up. You know, the performance full center sale. is an audience full of sparks. Or a full sale, sale I'm sorry. It's, it's an audience full of sparks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, exactly. So, and, and they get people, and their reaction gets you excited when you're watching on TV, whether you like it or not. And now, when you're debuting in an arena on Raw, you have people who know who you are, and mm-hmm. people are going to be really excited to see you. Yeah. So, that only happens if NXT goes to TV. And I think if NXT were on TV, the Viking Raiders debut would have been a lot more special. Yep. I, I and then now couldn't Kane agree doesn't more. know what the hell to do with them. Yeah. They had to do a quick heel turn, a quick rushed heel turn. And, you know, it's going to be nice that they'll end up being Raw Tag Team Champions at the end of it. And it only pays off, as we, like we said, if they get a good Usos feud, a good Revival feud, a good feud at all three of them together. And then give me Authors of Pain after that. Right. And then the Revival and the Usos can keep freaking fighting each other because why the fuck not, you know? Yeah, uh, dude, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I'm sure a lot of people share the same sentiment that we do right now. Again, I, it, to me, it's Hanson and Rowe. I think there's still a great tag team, like like we've been saying. They still look the part. They do their thing in the ring. I just don't like the branding of this team, and that's what it is. The branding of this team isn't marketable at all. I know they had to change well, things for network television, I think, but... I, I think it's marketable. I disagree there. I think it's marketable. It's just not what we're used to. All right, you know like, what? I'm going to tell you right now, I have a good feeling, and like, I have a funny feeling in... One to two years, no one's going to give a shit anymore. It's marketable to the casual fans who don't know who they were before this, but it's not marketable to the the, the hardcores or the smarts that know who they really you know, are. Once they once they start, if they start winning now, and they get if they start winning, they're going to get over. If they get over, you get over, and you move on. You're not going to punish. You're not going to punish Hanson and Rowe for Vince McMahon one giving doing like a remodel on them. For no reason. They're the hottest, right. best tag team in the division. I know you saw them in the Usos, but I mean, I think once, they, once the War Raiders showed up, you know, that's when, like, you know, that was a game changer for WWE. Yeah. No, I and they had, they had to call. I understand why they called them up. They had to have them on the main roster. Well, the tag division just, needed something. Yeah, the tag division needed it. You had to have them up here. Just, it's a shame they didn't plan it out and, and plan it out better. Right, right. All right. Well, Doc, let's get into some more topics. We're going to take a quick break. So, fam, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Mr. Monday Morning Mance Chapel inviting you to join me every Monday morning for The Gift of Podcast. I'll give you thoughts on today's wrestling, but I'll also hop in the Wayback Machine and we'll take a look at wrestling's past. And my God, sometimes it gets ugly. Don't take my word for it. Come hear it for yourself every Monday morning on Wrestle Addict Radio. This is the Gift of Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Resident Universal Royalty King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. All right, Doc. So, money in the bank. We finally uh, were told this week who the participants are going to be in this year's Money in the Bank. Let's start off with the women because, boy, do I have some thoughts about this. So, the women... (laughs) Where's Ruby? Where's Ruby? Don't even get me started. Did you see my tweets about that? Give Ruby a chance. (laughs) Vince, H, Steph, if you're listening, where the fuck is Ruby Riot? And why is she not in this match? Anyway, 
before I get too angry. I'm cursing a lot tonight, guys. I apologize, fam. Watch, I gotta watch my P's and Q's. Anyway, so the women that are going to be involved in the women's money in the bank. You said pussy earlier. I, I did. I did. You're right. I did. Uh, <laughs> so the four women from Monday Night Raw that are going to be involved in the money in the bank match are Natalia, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, and Dana Brooke. Let's talk about Dana Brooke real quick. Now, I don't have any quarrels about her being in the match, okay? Nothing against her as a wrestler, her as a person, her as a personality in WWE. But there has been no development uh, for her character to make anyone believe that she actually earned this spot to be in this match. Right, it kind of like came out of nowhere. Yeah. We like, kind of hey, saw. We need- I'm sorry, Doc. We kind of saw like they were trying to push Dana Brooke prior to WrestleMania by putting her in these promos with Ronda Rousey, and then gets her ass kicked by Ronda. Uh, I just don't. Uh, first of all, Dana Brooke's promo skills are atrocious. Like Uh-oh. I know I talk shit about Nia Jax and Tamina, but wow, Dana, I'm sorry, girl, but you are you are right there with them. And Smart, if you're listening, I know these are all your girls, so I apologize, bro. But I'm just hey. not on the train with them at all right now. I can't. I just can't get. I can't do it. Um, I think Dana's going to still have a decent showing in the match. I, mean, I think that's how they're going to book the match. But I just don't understand why she was the right choice. Yeah, I think this is where I like. I go to you and I actually say like, how do you choose? Like Dana over a Ruby Riot in this situation, right? Like I said, I would have it, or like I don't know. Honestly, I'm even gonna throw something else out there. I wish this this match was seven wrestlers and not eight. I think eight's too many. So like, I would be completely okay with just Dana Brooke not being, not being in the in match, match period, yeah. and just, just having this. And just eight, eight's eight too much to keep up with, man. You're right with all those fucking ladders and shit, man. Mm-hmm. It turns into a it turns into a spot fest. Right. It turns into a clusterfuck. Seven's a, a little more match. I honestly would prefer six, but I'll take seven. Right. You know, like that's where I look at. So if you ask me, Dana Brooks should even be in the, in the match. She's obviously the first one to go out of those out of those eight. Um, yeah, if you're Ruby Riot or like a Sonya Deville or someone like that, like you got to be pretty pissed off. Yeah. You know, I actually she's think, that spot over you. I actually think Ruby might be taking a little vacation because I don't think she's she hasn't been on TV since um, when was this time we saw Ruby Riot? Probably WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. maybe the shakeup. I think something happened. After no, that. they no, they weren't even on TV for the shakeup. That That's was right. like, I think that was like a Michael Cole reported it. Oh God. Yeah. Well, anyway, but uh, I think, but still, I think this is this would be a perfect spot to to start developing Ruby's character and really give her a chance and put her start putting her in a main event, uh, in a main event scene. Uh, may, Alexa yeah. Bliss makes sense because she won last year. Naomi makes sense because she's new to Raw from SmackDown. She's also a former champion. And Natty makes right. sense. You have to have the veteran. But now let's go over to SmackDown. So SmackDown, we have Ember Moon, which right now she mm-hmm. is my uh, she's my pick to win the whole thing. I think Ember Moon's going to win it. Um, <laughs> I, that's who I want to win. That's not who I think will win. No, I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win. Uh, but next, I think they you're have about to, to say that person's name. 
No, it's actually Carmella, but she's not going to win it because... No, not Carmella. Again, nope. it makes sense for Mello to be in it because she was the first ever winner, even though it was Ellsworth, right. but we're not going to get into that because he's a kid toucher. Anyway, uh, then Bailey is in it, which I think is, again, great spot for Bailey. Uh, and then Mandy Rose. That's who's probably going to win That's the match. That's who I think is going to end up winning this match, too. <laughs> Now, see, I, I, I'm try, I'm just going to tell myself that so that way when Ember Moon wins, or actually Ember Moon's probably the only person in this match I want to see win. Right. So that way when Ember wins, I'll be more excited. Um, you, know, you know, it's kind of funny. Between mm-hmm. Ember Moon and Mandy Rose, who I think go into this match as the two favorites and the two most logical people to have win this match, a lot of, you'll know a lot about the direction WWE is taking the SmackDown women's division. Yeah. You know, between from who wins this match. Because yeah. there's a lot of different wrestlers with a lot of different styles on here. And it can mean a lot. Of, like, if you're Ember Moon, then we're going athletic, extremely talented in the ring, no nonsense. You know, the Bailey, Carmella, I'm sorry, well, now Carmella, but the Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair type. Or are we going Mandy Rose, the Attitude Era? Ruthless aggression era type. Right. Are we going Triple H or are we going Vince? Right, exactly. It almost seems like, you know. It almost seems like we're going more the Vince Vince route with this. And we have to talk about who's also not in this match because of, you know, I'm sure you, and I I know for me, I'm a couple of weeks late on this because I haven't been on, but no Sasha. No Sasha. Yes. Still having a little hissy fit, it seems like, mm-hmm. you know, and I wonder, if, could you see her turning into like a Neville situation? Uh, yes, I could see her. I could see them not letting her be on TV because she doesn't want to be on TV. I could see her, uh, them not granting her her release. So she's just going to have to just sit at home and uh, sit out the rest of her contract until she could eventually maybe go elsewhere. But honestly, and I might get some heat for this. I'm not a huge Sasha Banks fan. I like the character, but I don't think I don't think she was really that good in the ring. Personally, I I was I I was more of a fan of heel Sasha in NXT than yeah, when she came to the main roster. I was definitely more roster. of a fan of NXT Sasha than I was main roster Sasha. It's funny when she had the match with Ronda at the what was at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. She yeah. faced Ronda. Yep. Yeah, when she had that, like, leading up to that match, I was kind of getting excited for Sasha again because I thought we were getting back to, like, badass Sasha, and then it just, and then she got into the whole tag team thing, right. the tag team title thing. And then that, of course, went south, and that's where that's why we're at where we're at now. Um, I don't think, I have, a, I, don't, I have a funny feeling she's not coming back. Yeah. I feel Honestly, like she's I feel like she's perfectly fine taking the time off, mm-hmm. doing her own thing, and then when her contract's up, going to AEW. Yeah, and honestly, and I'm fine there. with that because you know I, I'm going to talk about it a little bit later when we hit our three minute warning. I want we're going to do some Spitfire for you, for you out there in the fam. Talk about some quick topics real quick, but quick topics real quick. You like that, right, Doc? Um, <laughs> but there is. The women's roster in general between NXT, NXT UK, and WWE is so stacked right now. There are so many big names that you don't need a Sasha Banks anymore. 
Like you yeah, have, and they're not going to be able to hold on to them all. They just yeah, can't. I know they can't. There's there's not enough airtime for all of them. Yeah, and at that's some the, point, if Vince tries to hold them all hostage, somebody's going to hire a lawyer, and Vince is going to deal with a, reach, a bunch of breach of contract cases. Yeah, you know, because if he's not giving them work and they're not getting paid because he's not giving them TV work, because there's just no room for everybody, and it's just being, and it's going to become a problem. Right, it's going to become a legal problem, and it's going to be, and people aren't going to sign. Right, like they're just going to keep. It's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of wrestlers' mouth, and I think it's just, I think it's kind of bad long-term business. I think Vince has kind of forgotten what it's like to have some competition. Yeah, well, he'll definitely yeah. start feeling it soon enough when AEW gets that TV deal, whenever the hell that happens. But anyway, right. before we get off too too much off on a tangent, let's talk about the men's Money in the Bank match. So again, I think some very interesting picks are in are put in this match. I'm not totally against it. Do I think there were better picks? Yes, but again, I don't think I'm not against who has been chosen. So on the raw side, we're going to see everyone's favorite son, Baron Corbin. Which, <laughs> I got some inter- I got some interesting thoughts about Corbin, man. Yeah, I, and, I'm and they're radical. They're very radical and they're very alternative. Mm-hmm. But man, like. I think Baron Corbin's starting to like find his place on Raw. Yes, you know, like as much as I hate to say because I've never been a big fan of him, like wrestling needs guys like Baron Corbin, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like you he need is, some, you need somebody to boo. He he. He's just like just like Vicky Guerrero. Just like Vicky Guerrero. Yes. You just need somebody to boo. Mm-hmm. You know, and Corbin's that guy, and his his promos are getting better. Um, his his in ring work is has never been. I've never been. I've never hated his in ring work. I've, I was saying last yeah. week. I I love seeing him in the ring. He has very innovative yeah. offense. I love his move set. You know, I think he's great in the ring. I just hate his fucking uh, the outfit he wears. I I don't mind the outfit. It's unique. It's different. I mean, he, he does have that new different. that new shirt vest with the logo. Yeah, he had a new one. He had a look at it. He had a little uh, swag going on this week. Yeah. Some new swag. It's different. It's unique. You got to admit, no one else is doing it right now. And it's it's something that people are going to remember. They're going to remember, like, who the hell was the guy in the fucking suit? The bald guy that everybody wanted to boo. Like, people are going to remember that. And then eventually, they'll associate his stupid-ass ring name, Baron Corbin, with it. His stupid-ass fucking ring name. It is. It's a shame we can't get it. I, I almost wish he was still Constable Corbin. I enjoyed that so I, much I liked, more. I liked Constable, too. I liked that a lot. So... I, I kind of want to keep seeing Corbin doing what he's doing. I think it's, yeah. you know, and I like that he's also like, he's, he's going after like heels too. He's going after Drew also. Yes. He's like, you know, he's, he's kind of getting ruthless with it. And I'm yes. like, Hey, this is, this is different. You're, you're kind of like doing some cool cheating now. You really want to, you're not just doing it to piss people off. You're doing it because you want something. You want the world title. Right. You know what I mean? I think that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned Drew McIntyre. He's also going to be in the Money in the Bank match. Uh, and I'm going right. to call it right now. I, he is my pick to win it. I think this is when Drew gets the briefcase and then he eventually gets his title shot at some point this year. I, does, I don't think it's going to be the Universal title, though. I think he actually might switch things around and go for the WWE Championship. But it doesn't really matter at that point because I just think Drew McIntyre needs to be in the title picture so in some way, 
if it's not Drew, you can maybe Andrade could win. And that's maybe. like the only other person I could look at. You know, but Drew's in 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 a match, he's definitely the favorite. Um he's He's eventually going to be a world champion in WWE. It's not going to take very long, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know if he wins this match. I don't know. I'm not. I, I, he's the favorite, but I'm not 100 percent sold. Right. We're gonna have to watch. We we'll have to see how Raw plays out the next few weeks. Uh, I you, well, you mentioned Andrade. I definitely think this is a great spot for him. This is a match that someone like him needs to be him, uh, be in, and also two other participants, Ricochet and Ali. I think. Ricochet, Andrade, and Ali are going to really shine in this Money in the Bank match, and this is a great spot for all of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that Ricochet's got uh, got into this match so quickly, but I think he's going to do really good. I mean, we saw him in the latter wow. match in NXT. Right, exactly. So this is right it, up this isn't his alley. first rodeo. Yeah. This is not his first rodeo. The man's been in a five-star multi-man ladder match. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then... I'm sorry, and then you have the veteran Randy Orton, who's also a former Money in the Bank winner. Which you have to have a veteran right. in the match, which I think makes sense. And then I think two of the interesting participants in the match are Braun Strowman, because what the hell has he done to get into this match? Besides losing to Brock Lesnar every single time, right, he doesn't need to be in the match. If I were to cut somebody out of the men's match, it'd be Strowman. Yeah. He's the one that would cut out. If we do seven people, cut Braun Strowman out of it. He doesn't need to be in the match. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Finn Balor. Uh, I I can see the creative behind it because now you're going to have Finn and Andrade, and I think they're really trying to push that feud, which is cool. But why not just have the two of them have their own match for the IC title and maybe put two other people in their spots? I don't know. Um, You know, it'd be a fun feud if Andrade won and he like he. He cost Finn and won, and Finn and Andrade feuded like over the briefcase and the title. That could be fun because so- something like that has happened in the past. Yeah. Has happened in a while, but something like that has happened before too. So yeah. um, I- I'm still going to call it though. I think Drew McIntyre is the only logical. Uh, I don't want to say logical. Andrade's logical. Andrade's logical. Yeah, if Andrade won that match, no one would be upset. But in terms of the storytelling that we've seen, I'd say over the past year or so leading up to this Money in the Bank, I would think I'm going to pick Drew McIntyre. I'm going to go with Andrade, man. I think he would hold the briefcase better than Drew, man. I think him and Zelina would crush it. I think they could hold it to, like, Mania. You know, they could do a long hold on the briefcase, really make it a... A long storyline, and I think him and Zelina could like roll. They could, they could like, like stud it out and gold the briefcase and do a bunch of really cool creative really shit cool. with it. Right. That Drew McIntyre does. Drew McIntyre is he's gonna look. I think he's look stupid carrying a fucking briefcase. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on what kind of briefcase. I mean, p- people have have changed the briefcase before that they've customized and made it their own. So, right. you know, who knows? And I think, I think Drew honestly could not win this match and then be wrestling for the universal championship at SummerSlam. I could also see Drew McIntyre not winning this match because of Baron Corbin and then feuding with Baron Corbin. Yeah, and absolutely. And that kind of turns Drew face, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that either. Yeah, I need to give it more time, I guess, and see what it's like. Yeah. So let's talk about another former Money in the Bank winner. 
formerly known as Dean Ambrose, introducing, I'm sorry, welcome back. Reintroducing. Reintroducing Mr. John Moxley, not to the WWE, as far as we know. But John Moxley put out a pretty sick uh, promo video on social media a couple days ago. And, of course, the dirt sheets are going ham right now on what this means. Uh, I'm just going to say my piece real quick. It definitely has WWE quality production behind it. Uh, I, I think the timing of this video is quite interesting, considering he just had his final match a week ago. Well, a quote-unquote final match for the fifth time, like a week ago. With WWE, but I don't know what this means for the future of John Moxley. Now, I did read reports that could Vince McMahon be repackaging Dean Ambrose and actually introducing John Moxley to WWE? Could this be his way of going, hey, I'm a free agent, John Moxley's back. When my 90-day no-compete clause is up, someone sign me. Uh, I feel like it's a lot of people just overthinking. I think he's doing the Cody Rhodes thing. He's just going to kind of go independent hop and make money because he's going to command a big payday. He can afford to make his own videos. Like, he could afford to hire somebody to make him a video like that. Oh, yeah, no, he I absolutely I agree. can afford that. I agree. Yeah, there's, it's, not, it's not like he can't do that on his own. And, yeah, I, I mean, it, it would be cool if WWE brought him back as Moxley, I think. I say that I say I don't I don't know but I I it's, it's I don't understand why they would get rid of Ambrose maybe they I don't either way let me go back I don't I, mean, I don't want to talk about that because I don't think it's WWE's on it I think Moxley is really doing the, I think he's going to spend a lot of time over the next few years just kind of promotion hopping right much like I said much like Cody did after he left WWE and I think that's why WWE is open to him they're so open to him coming back it's not like he's leaving and going to AEW. Right. He's leaving and he might maybe he'll go maybe he'll wrestle it all in. And then maybe he'll go wrestle in in, in Japan for a bit. And, right. and he'll just kinda of hop around. Because okay? when Jericho was doing that, WWE didn't have a problem. Right. Because when Jericho took a contract with AEW the WWE kinda of cut Jericho that's when, out. That's when they they, yeah. they cut the That uh, was the line. The, the line point. was signing with AEW. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the line. WWE established her line because they had no problem with Jericho when he was in NJPW. Mm-hmm. The line was unquestionably AEW, without a doubt. The only person that's broken the AEW line is Kip Sop. Kip Sop. So far. Kip, Kip. Sop. Billy good, Gunn. Good old Kip. Badass Kip Sop. Badass <laughs> Kip Sop. <laughs> it sounds like a Chinese, like a, like a right? spicy Chinese dish. Badass Kip Badass Sop. Kip Sop. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I I don't know much of John Moxley from the independent scene. I only I only know Dean Ambrose. I've definitely heard a lot of people talk very highly of Moxley. Um, our good friend, the Rant Father himself, Anthony DeStefano from Rant with Ant, is a huge Moxley fan. Like this is the guy Moxley that really helped uh, Ant get back into wrestling. So I've I've hear, heard him talk about Moxley a lot in the past. So yeah. I'm hoping that and now, whatever... Go ahead. I'll say now, 
Moxley has a chance to like showcase what Moxley is to a broader audience. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That's got to be appealing to somebody like yes. him. It has yeah. to be. And <clears> will that appe- will that be appealing to Seth Rollins or what was his indie name? Tyler Black. Tyler Black. Right? Yeah. Was it Tyler Black? Was that his indie name? Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Will that be appealing to him? Um, will that be appealing to even like a CM Punk at some point? You know. Will that be appealing to uh, uh, Finn, Finn Balor at some point? Well, you Guys know, CM Punk like, did come back to wrestling next on the Dark Oh, well, yeah, the mass, the mass superstar. He yeah. was at Mania. Did you see that? Yeah, right? He was there, on. too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway. He was, I think, at that. <laughs> no, but I'm I'm with you, man. I, I think this is a great opportunity now for John Moxley to get out there, get more eyes on this character, and, again, um put him on a a much higher platform than he's been on in the past when he was on the independent scenes. I think he came from Ring of Honor and uh, CCW, but I don't think I think that was about it. He didn't really have too too much of a stint elsewhere. But I think AEW gets a TV deal and put John Moxley on there. You got a main yeah. eventer. And- you know, and when it comes to WWE welcoming back also, he might have just went up like John Good, the man, mm-hmm. might have just walked up to Vince and said, hey, man, I'm looking for a new challenge. I appreciate everything. I would not be where I am without you. would not be as financial of you, but I'm looking for a new challenge. And this, well, I, I can take you? a new challenge and afford, to, and afford to live the lifestyle I still live now. And he doesn't seem like an extravagant person, so I'm sure he's got, you know, I'm sure, you know, he he doesn't seem like somebody who's gone out and blown all his money, right. you know? No, that, that made me think of a song. Remember that old Ja Rule song? Remember Ja Rule? Hashtag fire. I do fest. remember Ja Rule. But would like I be without you? Would I be without you, baby without girl? You. Put it on me. Love me. Yeah. Good old Ja Rule. He kind of sounded like, DM- like DMX Jr. Yes. <laughs> Fucking DMX Jr. He looked Jr. like an alien. He definitely looked like an alien. Oh, man. All right, Doc. Well, I think it's about that time. It's about that time for us to take an adventure. Ooh. Are we going on an adventure to the Firefly Funhouse? No, nah, we were already there. We started off there. We're going to go somewhere else. We're going to we're we take us back to the Attitude Era. Ooh. See what I did there? Oh. Oh. What up, Boosters? This is Double F, Double C, Jeff Pomaccio at 52 Points of Art, the host of Not Your Mama Soap Opera and Not Underscore Opera, where we showcase the entertainment side of professional wrestling. Can't wait to connect with all my ooses Wednesdays on the Wrestle Addicts Radio. That's at A-D-D-I-C-T-W-R-E-S-T-L-E. Can't wait to connect with you all. Have a good one. This is war. Hey, it's me. Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Attic Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, now presenting Adventure on the Indies. Awesome was that Cody promo bones. Fire. Fire. Anyways, now that the music nerds had their fun, let's talk about Cody Rhodes. 
Um, so obviously, um, I haven't gotten to talk about, uh, Cody and Dustin yet. And I'm excited for Cody and Dustin. My first, my first thought, unfortunately goes to why was this never a WrestleMania match? Oh my goodness. And all like the shitty, like undercard, mid card WrestleMania storylines you have it, you know, over the years, like just this one promo alone was worth so much more than so many of those mid-card matches we had to put up with at past manias. This is going to be an awesome build to this match. Right. It's because, though, they had the leash really tight on Cody when he was in WWE. Now he has the opportunity to... He's been let off his leash, man. Ever since he left WWE, he has been able to do what he does best. And I'm not going to say that Cody's one of the best wrestlers out there but Cody is definitely one of the best performers out there and he's very smart in how he does it is it safe to say at this point that Cody Rhodes suffered because of the PG era more than any other wrestler during the PG era yeah he definitely suffered because of the era he was in because of the other people the other wrestlers that were sharing the locker room with him at the time because this this Cody character that he does he's doing since leaving WWE, American Nightmare and all that ever since he's left WWE, it, this it's not something I don't think Vince would ever get behind. No, and, you know. And so I said because and maybe now maybe with what we're seeing out of like you know Sami Zayn, which we'll get to in a few, and what we're seeing out of. Um, Oh, uh, who am I forgetting? That's really been awesome and on promos? not PG on promos. You said and we talked Zane. about them earlier. Yeah, we talked about oh, them earlier. Bray. I'm such a dumbass. You know, Bray Wyatt, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what we're seeing out of them, maybe that's like a sign that maybe Cody would have worked now, now in WWE. But he definitely suffered from being in the PG era. Yeah. He really did. He couldn't be... His best self as a pro wrestler. Right. I I don't want to say when Cody was in WWE, he was ahead of his time because he was still very green, but he made improvements at uh, a very fast rate, especially after his stint with Legacy when it was him and Orton and DiBiase uh, and that other Samoan guy that ended up, he kind of came and went. But, um, But yeah, once Cody found his footing he was at that point he was ahead of his time and then he got stuck with the stardust the gimmick and i think that right. was what really killed him if, if that if stardust now i was a fan of stardust i liked the pairing of him and Goldust. yeah one i of, did too one of my first when i first started watching wrestling again one of my first matches that i saw with cody was cody and Goldust versus the usos for the tag titles. I think it was Cody and Goldust had the tag titles. Or maybe they won it from the Usos in this match. But it was a great right. fucking match. And I was like, holy yeah. shit. That's Cody Rhodes. Well, I, mean, I mean, well, regardless. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I like that. You always, always knew, even in his early years, you could always tell Cody had the in-ring acumen. Yeah, I yes. mean, yeah, I mean, fucking he, grew up in the business. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a Rhodes. He has, he has it in the family. Yeah. So he definitely had it. And I think... I think when he was paired with with Goldust with Dustin, he was allowed to really showcase his in ring ability more. 
than when he did his uh, his singles run as Stardust. But I think the Stardust character should have ended once him and Goldust broke up. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, he was only. I feel like he should have only been Stardust because he was with Goldust. But the fact that the breakup never resulted in a in, in a brother versus brother match in a brother versus brother match, and it should and this be real. A match like that should have been at WrestleMania. Yes, it could have been like Goldust is kind of like right off into the sunset. His last kind of WrestleMania match, you know, obviously, you know, and it would have been a great moment for Cody Rhodes to get elevated another notch in the pecking order, yeah. you know, going over a veteran. And, you know, and now we're seeing what that match could have been and what that feud could have been. And, you know, if you're, if you're WWE, you got to be kicking yourself in the ass right now. Yeah, that that could have been like the modern day Brett versus Owen. Like I could have been. Oh, absolutely! I think Cody and Dustin could have been up there with Brett and Owen in, with the brother versus brother feud. It, it could have happened, but I'm just glad that we're finally gonna get to see it. Yeah, we're finally get to see it. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's as good as Brett Owen. Yeah, but if it's look. half as good as Brett, if it's half as good as Brett Owen, it's gonna be great. Right. <laughs> now, one thing that I was talking to Jeff about last week was I was wondering what kind of story they were gonna tell. With this match, is it going to be just a brother versus brother mutual respect kind of thing? Well, Cody answered that question with his promo oh, yes, this he week. Did. So, yeah. Cody loves his brother. He, it's not about him killing Dustin. It's about him, or killing Goldust. It's about him killing the Attitude Era. And I yeah. find that him very interesting. Dead, him putting down a dying horse. Yeah. But yeah. now I think a lot of people can take that line of killing the attitude out of a few different ways. Like, how do you see that, Doc? What do, what do you think Cody really means by that? Like, let's let's break that apart real quick and analyze that. Uh, what I think he means is exactly what he says he means. <laughs> Like this is he he wants to kill like after he's done with gold dust, you know, or Dustin, he moves on to Jericho and he just kind of is going to put an end to all these old dudes, maybe guys that he felt held him back for years in WWE guys. He felt he was behind in the pecking order. Mm -hmm. Um, The problem, I mean, Interesting, you know, the problem is he's, you have Jericho and you have um, Dustin Rhodes, and who else do you have that he could face to keep this gimmick up? Right. Does, you know, Brock Lesnar? Ah. Uh, like, The Rock, are you really, does Khan really rolling like that? Yeah. Where he would convince The Rock to, like, not do WWE? Mm-hmm. Even though the rock can do what he wants, true. Like, like, but I definitely just think it's it's a it was definitely a, a dig at WWE. It's oh yeah, a Hands dig down. a little bit. Maybe it's a dig a little bit at some of the smart fans, some of the smarks who still yearn for the Attitude Era, and it's a you know. But it's also him saying like, I'm ready to be me, and I'm ready to do what Cody Rhodes is going to do, and I'm ready for. You know, in 10 years from now, people are going to be 
holding me as the gold standard, but I can't do that until I eliminate the last gold standard of pro wrestling. Right. And those men are still around. And he has two of them in the promotion that he runs pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope we see more promos like this from Cody leading up to double or nothing. Cause they need to just let him go. Uh, I think this was co this is like the modern day pipe bomb in a way. Um, with, with get- the way he was really throwing shade at WWE, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't calling anyone out, you know, um, um, so, you know, so to speak, but he definitely, you know, threw in a couple jabs at Dwayne and he mentioned the pipe bomb by, by that punk when punk sat down on the stage. Right. So, uh, I, yeah, I, I mean, like where this uh, is going. There's definitely a little jab at triple H in there. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, I took the jacked up guy, don't know, whatever a jig camera is. I took that as triple H, right. You know, a fake wannabe bodybuilder just because like, you know, Triple H attitude era, you know, mm-hmm. Triple H runs the rival is next in line to run the rival promotion. Like Cody's competitor. If AEW is around for, you know, the rest of the time is not going to be Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. His competitor is going to be Triple H. Right. You know, because believe it or not, Vince McMahon will die at some point. Eventually. And Triple H will be in charge at some point. Eventually. That day is going to come sooner than later. You know, <laughs> Vince is, what, 73 years old now? Yep. He thinks he can do it until he's not 173, but, uh, you know, he also thinks he's got it. He'll never die. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was making the joke with Jeff last week. Vince is the true, is the real immortal. He just let Hulk Hogan use that name. <laughs> uh, funny stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm excited to see. To refer to rest of the, the build up for dispute, and it's going to be a great match. Yeah, uh, I think that promo re- re- really set the stage for the match, um, and I like. I, I'm curious to see how the rest of this is going to develop now between now and. Oh, it's actually in a few weeks, uh, May 25th. Double yeah. nothing. Is this, is this Dustin's final match coming up? Is he, is that a? I think so. Do you know, uh, Dustin definitely ma- made some. Uh, mentions about this being his last ride. You saw the video of him like putting away the gold dust head in the in the that big that big like tr- treasure chest looking case. Did you see oh no, that? I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't that seen? Out. Oh yeah, you got to check that no. out. He has this. I really... only read the statement. I read oh, yeah. his statement when he left. Okay. Yeah. 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 He put a really cool video out where he's like putting. He has like a, a gold dust, like a bust of like a head, and it's gold dust, and he's putting it in his box and closing it, and then he kind of looks over the camera, and then it. And it goes black. It's pretty cool. Cool. Very nice. Yeah. It'll be nice to see him not as gold dust on a big at a on big a at a big event again. Yes. I mean, what's it been? Twenty five years since we've seen him at a non big event. Would it or no, no, he wrestled no. in um He wrestled at a Starcade a couple years ago as Dustin. And he also did, he was in he was in TNA for a bit too, wasn't he? Yeah, but was he was he Dustin or was he another Face painted character. Uh, he was like another face painted character, I think. Though I don't, I don't think he went by Goldust. I wasn't watching TNA then, so I, I don't know for sure. Um, I could tell you though. <laughs> I remember. I feel like he he's had a lot of face painted character. Remember when he was uh, seven in WCW? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the white face paint, and he would creep out of like little kids' windows. No, no, he was Lone Star Dustin Rhodes in TNA. Lone Star. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> let's see. He had a he had a run. He he was 2004 when he was in TNA. He had a he challenged Jeff Jarrett for the NWA title. Um, he didn't win. That was when he when he came. He showed up. Looks like he had. Uh, he teamed with Jeff Hardy for a bit down there. He had a feud with Kid Cash down there. Uh, looks like he had a feud with Raven down there. So, so uh, you know, he had he had a run down. He was done in two thousand five, and then he came back to WWE. He only was down there for a year. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that's the last time he wasn't Goldust. Right. Well, so, good yeah. for him. He gets to go out as as himself. Right. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think that's the best way for him to go out. Goldust already ma- did what he had to do. The Goldust character, I should say, did did what it what the character had yeah. to do. You know, great uh, run for the Goldust character. Uh, amazing, especially like when it, oh, when I, I remember when Goldust first started, I was like well, like eleven maybe mm-hmm. twelve, and a creepy mother. You have a creepy motherfucker. That dude, like, uh, like. I was scared of him, but not like I'm scared of monsters. Like I was scared that like he was going to look at me and like try to lock me in his basement. Right. Exactly. And, like, yep. Do weird things to me. Like that's what freaked me out about Gold Dust. <laughs> but you got to give him credit too. He was someone that can take an attitude era gimmick and run with it for throughout his entire career. He's unique, so. man. It was a, it's a unique gimmick. Mm-hmm. When you have a unique gimmick, you never have to change it. Okay, fam, well, that was our three-minute warning. So we're going to hit you with some honorable mentions uh, from this past week. So first, I want to talk about Kyrie Sane and Asuka taking on the local competitors this week on SmackDown. It's probably the first time I've seen two superstars take on local competitors, and the match actually looked really good. It wasn't like your typical bludgeon brothers taking on the local competitors, and it's just a big squash match. Uh, So kudos to to the local competitors also, but there was a lot of good storytelling in this match. It really showcased Kyrie Sane and Asuka as a tag team. I'm still interested to see what kind of dynamic Paige plays with this team, but watching the chemistry between Kyrie Sane and Asuka finally in the ring together makes me more invested in this tag team. So even though they were local competitors that I'm not usually a fan of, I think this was a great way to really showcase this team. Um, also, uh, cool stuff. I don't know if you if you have heard, but the Singh brothers are actually wrestling again, which is awesome because I think that those they're they're a great team. They're both now on two hundred five live, so they're just so the rest. So, so much like when a tree falls in the middle of the forest, no one hears, no one hears it. it. The Singh brothers, the Singh brothers are once again wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Next, <laughs> next, uh, we mentioned a few times earlier, Sami Zayn cutting uh, an excellent excellent promo yet again this week. 
Uh, first Sammy. of all, where did this Sammy come from, man? Because when Sammy first came to the main roster, uh, his character—I mean, well, okay, given that was that was babyface Sammy, but his promos were not this good, man. Do you feel well, like he's he, really shooting with these promos? Yeah, I mean, he's just—he's doing what he's getting a chance to be his best Sami Zayn. Just like I said, Cody never got to be his best Cody Rhodes in WWE. Well, WWE's giving Sami Zayn a chance to be his best Sami Zayn. And he just, he knows how to get under an audience's skin. He's got that, Daniel Bryan's good at this too. Mm-hmm. You know, like taking, like holding the audience in the palm of his hand. Um, but, you know, Sami Zayn, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying what he's been doing. He needs to start interacting with another wrestler, and let's get some matches. Yes. Let's start wrestling. I'm with you let's on that. Uh, yeah, Let's get going. Someone else. Someone else that I'm actually really, really interested in seeing more of is Kushida, who finally made his NXT debut this week against Cassius Ono in what was probably Cassius Ono's best match since he's returned to NXT. But Kushida looked great in the ring. Kushida actually showed some color in his in his first match. Um Cassius Ono did like the electric chair drop, uh, drop, and Kushida just smet, fell right on his nose. And after that, boom, it was just it was, it was waterworks. After that, but it was a really good match. Kushida's gonna go far. As of now, they're still letting him keep the whole Back to the Future gimmick. So I hope that that they let him stick with that uh, for a while. But I'm I'm very happy to see him already on NXT TV. Also, Is Kushida gonna go far? Is he gonna get far? As long as he doesn't get, end up on two hundred five live, or is he gonna get? Yeah, or is he gonna get stuck? Like, uh, not like Hideo Itami. Like, yeah, like any any Japanese wrestler doesn't speak good English. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Mauro Ronaldo did a really good job of really hyping him up, putting him over as a six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, uh, really putting up putting him over with the long career that Kushida has had on, in New Japan and everything. So, I, I hope that they, they see the potential in him, and, and, you know, when he makes the main roster, yeah. he actually ends up in the main event scene. So, yeah. Now, Doc, I don't know if you got a chance to see it yet, but as we all know, back during Access uh, prior to WrestleMania, they were holding the Worlds Collide series, which was a series of matches of wrestlers from NXT UK, NXT, and 205 Live, both men and women. Uh this week they had the Worlds Collide Battle Royals, and I want to talk about specifically the Women's Battle Royal. We've been talking about since the uh, past couple of years the Women's Evolution, the Women's Revolution, and I was watching the Women's Battle Royal, and at one point I'm looking at Piper Niven, Deanna Parazzo, Io Shirai, Mia Yim, Kaylee Ray, Tony Storm. I want to stop right there. Those are just six of the biggest female superstar, uh, female wrestler names from the indies that a lot of us over the years has said, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see them on WWE. Well, guess what? WWE has them. So we were talking earlier about the women's division. You know, like if Sasha Banks doesn't come back, okay, we're not losing much. We have a ton right. of people that can wow, easily whoa, whoa, whoa. step into that spot. You can't say you're not losing much, but everybody in the women's division is replaceable right now, except okay. Becky. Yes. Okay. I, I could have worded that differently because you know what? Sasha is considered one of the horsewomen, and I and I right. can't take that from her. I can't because it was her, Bailey, Becky, Charlotte who really 
helped start this and helped mold this and really paved the way for the Tony Storms, the Mia Yims, the Rhea right. Ripley's I didn't mention, you know, for these other names that we're falling at the sea. But it's the future. You're looking at the future. <laughs> that that battle royal is the future of WWE women's wrestling in the next three to five years. So yeah. I would know, say we, it was we'll, we'll, than we'll that. probably look back we'll probably look back on this. Well it all depends with the main roster, how it shakes up. Right. You know, and who sticks around and who leaves and who goes to AEW when their contract's up and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But, you know, it's cool. We'll look back by in this Battle Royal in a couple of years and say, wow, remember, kind of like how we look back maybe at, uh, you know, the the Fatal 4-Way between uh, Becky Charlotte, Becky Charlotte, uh, Sasha, and Bailey. Right. Maybe we'll look at this you know, uh, this match in the same sort of way. Same way. Yeah. You know? Right. Just like, oh, wow, look at all this talent. Or like, if you ever go watch, I remember when I, I, I've I've talked about before, um, the 1996 Royal Rumble. Some of like the future talent in that match was crazy. You know, uh, Triple H, uh, the ringmaster. The ringmaster, <laughs> yep, yep. That was the Goldust. Rocky Goldust was in that match. Yep. Mankind, The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Like all like just before they all hit their primes. Yeah. So this could be another, you know, type of thing where we look at in a in a vault collection one day. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh last topic. Uh Brock Lesnar has been reported to be retiring from MMA and potentially from wrestling. Doc, you have some thoughts on this. Well, he's retiring from MMA because he's ducking DC. Yep. <laughs> He has no interest in getting his ass whooped by Daniel Cormier. That's why. And that's the only fight that I think Dana White has any interest in him coming back for. <clears throat> I think he's just taking time off from pro wrestling. He's going to need to get paid again. He'll be back. He's going to have to eventually. Yeah. So. But yeah, he's, he's, I just want to throw it out there that, that Brock Lesnar is unquestionably ducking DC. And that needs to be talked about. You know. No, everybody's kind of beating around the bush when they're reporting in the news. The fuck out of here. Dale Cormier has always been a better wrestler than Brock Lesnar, like a real, like a real, like Matt wrestler. And maybe what Brock says, man, Brock don't want none of that. <laughs> and that, you know what? That's a match I wanted to see because I wanted to see Brock at his ass kick. I would love to see that fight. Yeah. But alas, we're going to have to wait for the final DC Bones Jones grudge match where hopefully DC knocks fucking. John Bones Jones loud mouth ass out, <laughs> fucking sick of that guy. Yeah, if that, if that match ever happens, John Bones has to has to lay off the drugs and then eventually uh, get back in the ring. Yeah, right. So, anyways, all right. Well, fam, that's all the time we have yeah. for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode twenty four. My name is jc bones you can follow me on twitter and instagram at jc bones that's bones with a z and my good friends i am doc Haas. you can find me on the twitter machine at d-r-h-a-a-s-e number four wc and that makes us the fourth wall wrestlecast if you've enjoyed the show please again show your support Find us on social media at Fourth Wall Cast. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please buy our merch at represent.com. Search for Wrestle Addict Radio and pick up your fresh 
fourth wall merch today. And last but not least, please join the fam at patreon.com slash fourth wall wrestlecast where you can get early access to our shows. You could join our exclusive Patreon chat and also get exclusive content for your ears only. And if you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, please tell all your friends to like, share, and subscribe and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the fourth wall wrestlecast. Goodbye and good night. Four, 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 Yeah, man, I'm gonna be I'm up done. for a little bit to do this, and I got I gotta have like three hours of sleep. Yeah, I gotta let the cat in so he can take a piss. Catch Ooh, you later. Cats out. Poof, poof, poof. Later, Robbie. Peace, brother. <laughs>